Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvik. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, ho, 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 and welcome to another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Let's continue the holiday ghost stories, but first, as always, hold on, I can I could add a little Christmas bells in the background now, it's automated, it's just a button. First, as always, let's do some Paramaniac shout-outs, that's right, head on over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac for all your Paranormal Almanac needs. Thank them every year because, again, without them, there would be no Paranormal Almanac. And that is the God's honest truth. So let's do some shout-outs. Shout-outs going out to Richard, Logan, Lori, Alec, Roger Funk, Karen, Ethan, Duran, Nikki Loves, James, Lori, Alicia, Rebecca, and Stephen Share. Hey, howdy, hi, Jennifer, Heather G., your festive neighborhood skinwalker. Hold on, it's festive neighborhood. I got to go back to this. There we go. Your festive neighborhood skinwalker. Zuzus, what's it? Nico sharing the mouse. Hey, howdy, hi to you as well. Mark and Tina, Tortuga, Mike from Jersey, Jay Bizzle, Andy, Tracy, Virginia Mailman, Tony the Magician, Jason, Vicky, Crow, Clay, Buzz, Lobito Works, Glacier Man, Glacier Maine. Isabel, Jen Jen, Stacy, Amber, Tracy, Kelly Joe, Menace the Beast. Hey, howdy, hi. Kiss, kick ass, magic, robot, webcomic. Please check them out. Sandy, Paige, Couch, Batman, 666, Scott, Andrea, Melody. Hold on, I need more jingles. Vanessa, Marisol, Liam, Becca, Jake, Charlotte, and the Beasties. Elizabeth, Sherry, Artmuth, and Tim, Kenneth, Ricky, Ricky, Ricardo, Alexandra, George, Suzo the Demon. Hayden, Cindy, Ashley, Carrie, Robin, Will, Lauren, Russell, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, Cindy, Paula, Jerry, Jeff T, Joe, Lawrence, the Lawrence Strawn. Hey, howdy, hi. You're going to be hearing something from her in just a little bit. Veronica, Autumn, J. Mark Manning, Carolyn, Malena is Ryan's angel. Wait, that's that's pretty. I like that one. You're Ryan's angel. I love that. Jaden and Ashy, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Dan, Malena. Did I say Malena? I want to make sure I got that right. Malena is Ryan's angel. Jaden and Ashley, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson. Dan, Laura Pitts, and Gamer fans. Happy holiday to all of you guys. How you doing this holiday? Okay, you can stop it. There we go. You can stop with that stuff. Uh, how you guys doing this holiday? Are you doing good? Did you guys like last week's episode? Boy, I hope so, because I did. I thought last week's episode was a lot of fun, a lot of new stories, a lot of different things. And hopefully... You enjoyed it, and, well, really hopefully you enjoyed it, because I'm going to continue it on with this week's episode. But first, as always, oh, did I not do? I have two special shout-outs. I can't believe I almost missed my special shout-outs. I will never miss those. Two special holiday shout-outs going out to Joe Teague and to my boy Stitch. I never want to forget that. All righty, let's move on to paranormal news, but there's new Buzz bumper music for Paranormal News. Now, I haven't listened to it yet because I wanted to be surprised. Uh, if you want to send your own bumper music, you can. Just send it over to paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. But this is exciting. I've got new bumper music from Buzz. And as you know, I love his work, so I'm very excited to hear this. So let me see if I can get it to play. Uh-huh. Yes, I just want to play. Okay. All right, how about now? My computer, it's not you, Buzz. You're the best. Paranormal news. I'm telling it right now. Bigfoot. I love Nessie. Zoe. Chupacabra. Ghosts. Cryptids. UFOs. This is real. Bumped it up to the next level. Bigfoot. Nessie. Bigfoot. Ghosts, cryptids, UFOs. This is something more. This is something more. 
there's just too many there's too many cryptids out there that i want i want to meet i want to see them all is what the answer is i want to see every one of them it's a perfect way of saying that god bam buzz is the best thank you buzz that is incredible uh, i forgot i have my music i i i'm I muted my mic because I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be so good. And then I was like, nope, he, if I'm laughing out loud, you guys need to hear it because it's well, well, well-deserved. Thank you, Buzz, for that amazing new bumper music. I got to download that onto this uh, the button thingy that I push when I make all the buttons do the thingies. Uh, that was great. I loved that. All right, the first story in Paranormal News. Congress orders UFO records released but drops bid for broader disclosure. Kurt here, not a surprise. A newly passed measure directs the National Archives to collect documents related to UFOs and disclose confidential records within 25 years, but stop short of ordering more transparency. We all knew this was coming. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, it says that Congress passed legislation on Thursday that directs the government to eventually tell the public at least some of what it knows about UFOs, but stop short of more aggressive steps lawmakers sought to force greater transparency around UFOs and extraterrestrials. The measure, which was tucked into the annual defense policy bill that won final approval with a bipartisan vote, directs the National Archives to collect government documents about unidentified anomalous phenomena, technologies of unknown origin, and non-human intelligence. Under the provision, which uh, Biden is expected to sign into law, any records not already officially disclosed must be made public within 25 years of their creation unless the president determines that they must remain classified for national security reasons. I.e., we're never going to hear a lot of that stuff because they're going to say like, oh, no, no, national security, can't release it. This sucks, man. So anytime they kind of reverse engineer to UFO, national security, they're not going to release it. Anytime that um, anybody official was ever involved in this whole procedure, nope, can't release it. Official. It's national security. It's such bullshit, man. Lawmakers in both chambers, ah, it doesn't matter. They said this is a major win for government transparency and UAPs, according to Chuck Schumer. No, it isn't. No, it really isn't. And it's also not a surprise if you've been paying attention at all or listening to this podcast every week. Alrighty, what's next in paranormal news? What's this? What's this? We have from Fox News... Chuck Schumer calls for more transparency on UFOs. Yeah. Yeah, guess what? It It's not going to make any difference, dude. We didn't win. We we did not win at all. Come on, it's supposed to play. Um, Come on, play. I want to hear Chuck Schumer talk about it. Nope. All right, it's not playing. Uh, basically, he just said what a win it was for all of us. And it's not. This is not a win. This is a major... Completely expected bullshit is what it is. All righty, what's up next in paranormal news? What's this? What's this? That one just makes me laugh, so I'm going to do it a couple more times. Neil deGrasse Tyson, dickhole, shared the data on alleged alien life. Yeah, if you guys haven't been paying attention, Neil deGrasse Tyson's kind of an asshole. Um, you know what? You can be like, Kurt, you're being mean. Neil deGrasse Tyson's a better guy than you ever, Willie. Okay, maybe he is. I don't know. There's a lot of people that got really angry that all of a sudden I don't like Neil deGrasse Tyson but he's a dickhole. He's not using the scientific method that he is so fond of spouting, you know, like, you got to use scientific method, got to use scientific method. Cool. What do you think of ghosts? Oh, ghosts can't be real. But there's evidence. No, there's not. I don't want to look at it. All right. What about UFOs? Nah, UFOs aren't real. Yeah. But there's evidence. Nah, there's not. He's not using the scientific method, so I can call him a dickhole. That's, that's the rule that I have in my, that's what I learned in high school. Anyhow, Neil deGrasse Tyson has spent his career imparting his love of physics to others, making it fun most times funny. No, no, not never. To learn about science and space. What do you think about the the latest claims about UFOs and alien lives? Well, for one, he believes Congress and the rest of the government need to be more forthcoming about what they know. Guess what? That's not what he said at all after those hearings. At all. He wasn't like, ooh, I want to know more. Can I have more info? No, he was just like immediately like, no, it can't exist. But now he wants to say about what's happening in Mexico. Because a legislative body recently heard testimony from a journalist claiming to have mummified bodies of non-human beings. Kurt here, in case you haven't been paying attention, this is the same guy that came up with the same aliens in 2018, and they were debunked back then. Now he says, oh, we got science. Science has looked at them. Science says they're real. They're, they're, they're not going to be real. 
Uh, but anyhow, what does Neil say? He says, now that you have them on display, that's intriguing. They look awfully humanoid, by the way, to have come from another planet. Scientifically, this is a start. We can say, share the data with other people. Share tissue samples so that other labs can investigate. Well, yeah, I would love that too. This part, I kind of agree with Neil deGrasse Tyson on. But these aliens are bullshit. They're going to be determined eventually to be bullshit because they're not sharing into the data. Yeah, I could say that too. Look. Hey guys, um, you can't, I know you can't see it, but right here, I'm holding it in my hand. Hear that bell? I'm holding it. I put a bell around its neck so I always know where it's at. It's an alien body. Now, I can't really show it to you, but I had science look at it, and science said it's a real alien, so it must be real. That's what they're doing with these, these bodies. They're like, here's a photo of it. I'm not going to show you any more photos of it. Here's a photo of it. Science says it's real, so it's got to be real. It's not. They're not. Sorry. Look, I, we have, I completely believe that humans have a dead alien bodies. 100% believe that. Extraterrestrial biological entities have been found. They're, they have been worked on by the government. There is no doubt about that in my mind. But these specific aliens, not real. All right, let's move on. I'm not going to do the what's that again. Well, um, let's, let's move on to the next story from the Irish Star Ape-looking figure, believed to be Bigfoot, captured trekking up U.S. mountain in fascinating footage. Kelly and her daughter Jenny were in the Blue Mountains in Oregon when a strange figure caught their eye. Let's see. Hiking through the Blue Mountains in Oregon with her daughter was published on a YouTube channel by the Rocky Mountain Sasquatch, and viewers can't believe their eyes. The blurry but fascinating video was recorded at a remote campground and shows a creature walking up the hillside. They initially thought it was a human, took out her phone to zoom in, and that's when... It wasn't a human, but a possible Bigfoot. All right, where's the video? I want to see the video. I've been waiting to watch this one. It's Rocky Mountain Sasquatch. Hi, Rocky Mountain we Sasquatch. We an interesting video of a strange dark... All right, all right. I don't need to hear from you. I'd rather hear... There we go. I'd rather hear Christmas music. All right, so they're showing a Bigfoot print, but... Ah, here's the video. All right, so the video is of mountains. I'll throw it up on the Facebook fan page, too. The video is up on, uh, of, like, these mountains, and they're kind of panning from left to right in the mountains when something catches her eye. What could it be? Oh wait, crap, what am I doing here? Something caught her eye. What's this? What's this? There's Bigfoot everywhere. Uh, let's see, so they're zooming in, they're zooming in. Still zooming in, still zooming in. Boy, that's a good camera. It's definitely not an iPhone. Where's the Bigfoot at? Am I supposed to see it yet? Is it that guy? I think it's that guy. Nope, whoa, whoa. Alright, so they zoomed in and then immediately zoomed back out. So I haven't seen a Bigfoot yet. And we're how long into this video? 58 seconds into this video. I have not seen a Bigfoot yet. Still haven't seen a Bigfoot. What? Is there going to be a Bigfoot in your Bigfoot video? All righty. So here we go. Big as I'm actually far away from this hillside, but I could see it from So where it's cut I through a tree. It's filming through a tree. All right, stop, shut up, shut up. Filming through a tree, and it is something walking up a hill, but not walking up very eloquently. Is that the right word? Um, he, it's falling and kind of stumbling and having a rough time of this hill, like a person in a Bigfoot costume would have. Especially when you hear about Bigfoot sightings and how easily they run through and run up hills and, like, run over stuff, and there's, there's none of this tripping and falling and, like, whoa, 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 because that's what this Bigfoot's doing. He's, like, kind of, like falling left and right, and then he pauses for a minute like, Jesus Christ, this Bigfoot costume's hot kind of a thing. Then he falls again, tries to go to the right, stumbles. It's a clumsy Bigfoot. Maybe a drunk Bigfoot. I don't know. I wasn't there. All I'm saying is that... Um, at, oh, that's the whole video? Oh, all right. All I'm saying, it's a 12-minute video, and it's for 30 seconds of footage. All I'm saying is that it does not look Bigfoot. I mean, it looks Bigfoot-like. I'll get you that. But it doesn't look like a Bigfoot to me. Um, again, most big feet, Bigfoot, they run up the hill like no problem at all. They can jump over rocks, no problem at all. Um, I'm not seeing that in this video. But, you know, you guys be the judge. I don't want to be the judge. All righty, up next in Paranormal News... What's this one? There we go. A river troll humanoid observed and photographed in coastal Mississippi. Now this one's intriguing. I like the sound of a river troll. I want to I see a river troll. So I haven't looked at the photo yet. 
A coastal Missouri, Mississippi, sorry, Mississippi resident believes they have encountered a river troll while on their houseboat. They took a photo and described what they witnessed. What is this creature? About six years ago in 2015, why are you waiting six years to send it to somebody? My family lived on their houseboat on the river in a small town in coastal Mississippi. We were on the deck one evening looking across the river. The tide was low, and you could see well into the woods, maybe 25 yards from us. Something bent down near the water drinking. All right. But before I continue this story, I want to look at the photo. Wait, I think I've seen this photo. I think I talked about this one already. It's not. It's pareidolia of a branch. It's not a river troll. Moving on. Screw you. Screw you, River Troll. Man, I got my hopes up. All right, last up is another one that I've been wanting to watch since it was sent to me, but I haven't because I want to do it live on there. Netizen shares creepy hospital video, foot-like figure beneath bed. All right, I like this. Uh, Let's see. Where is it? There we go. All righty. Recently, the Facebook page 103.1 Brigada Mahdi City shared a video that gives heebie-jeebies to the online community. The video quickly circulated online and garnered various reactions from social media users. In the video, an anonymous netizen tried to capture what was going on under a hospital bed, suspecting there might be someone there. He found a pair of feet beneath the last bed in the inside the room. However, when they played the video back, nothing was to be seen. The Krabragada netizen carefully inspected the room, curious what person was hiding. Great. I want to watch it. Shut up and play it. It's a room. It's a hospital room. Now it's his feet. Now it's, oh, there's, there's two feet. And there's nobody there. All right. I got to watch that again. Um... I think it's very clever editing, but we'll see. So there's nobody there. They pan to the right. And he pans under his own bed so that you can see the two feet. One, two. All right, one, two. Two seconds for the... That's eh, quick. It'd be quick for a person to get out of that camera shot so quickly. Um, I don't know what to think. Uh, you guys definitely got to tell me what you think about this one. I want to watch it one more time. All right, there's nobody there. Pans to the right. And he pans down and under the bed in the weirdest way possible, which doesn't make any sense to me. Sees the two feet. That stupid bell rings. Pans up. Nobody's there. All right. Well, you know what? This is the best one of any of the ones I've talked about on Paranormal News today. So I'll throw that one up on the Facebook fan page. You guys tell me what you think. Is it fancy editing? Kurt here, probably. Or is it really something paranormal? Kurt here. I don't know. You tell me. Um, here, I'm throwing it up on there. Uh, let's see. What do you think? What do you think? There we go. It's posted. Now you know what time I'm doing this episode. All right. Is that about does it for paranormal news? Let's um, Let's do this one. There we go. That's about does it for Paranormal News. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Paranormal Almanac in just a moment. We are back. Before we get into this episode, uh, head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash paranormal dash almanac for all your Paranormal Almanac merch. I can't thank everyone enough for buying. There's going to be a lot of... uh, and I don't know who's buying them, so it's not like I'm spoiling a gift for anybody. But there's going to be a lot of paramaniacs that are going to find paranormal almanac stuff under their trees, and I think that's awesome. I got to buy a couple of things for a couple of paramaniacs, a couple of patrons, and for a couple of friends of mine as well. Maybe even a family member or two. Yeah, I don't know if they'd wear my merch, but it, it wouldn't hurt to give out. Um, so, yeah, head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash paranormal dash almanac. Okay, before we get into this episode again, I got one more thing to talk about. If I can figure out how, I'm going to do a rerun of the 2023 predictions episode because we are even closer to the 2024 predictions episode. And for 2024, I'm not going to play it safe like I did the last year. You know, I wanted to do, last year I was trying to show what, big air quotes here, psychics predict, you know, like what the psychics are predicting. It's huge air quotes. So I went with the safe bets, like, you know, 
The queen is going to die. Yeah, she was like 100 and something. She was going to die. She wasn't looking good. The queen was going to die. But I also threw some stuff in there that wasn't the easy prediction, the easy get. So I want to see what I got right, and then I want to compare it to what the quote-unquote psychics got right, just to see how, like, what percentage do I have? Because I think, if I remember correctly, I scored better than the psychics the year before that for uh, 2022. So I'm very curious to see um, what's going to happen. And then I also want to do for 2024 predictions, I want to... I want to do like a series of surprise predictions. Like, like if this happens, it's going to be like rock solid. Like, holy crap, how would you predict that? So I'm going to think about 2024 for, well, I got a couple of weeks, for a, for a few weeks here. And then I'm going to try and knock it out of the park with 2024 predictions. But like I said, if I can figure out how, I'm going to do a rerun of the 2023 predictions episode as well. So you guys don't have to like scramble back, to try and figure out where, what episode number that is. Because I don't even know what episode number that is. So, uh, yeah, I thought, thought that would be fun. Yeah, sure, why not? So, anyhow, get ready for that. Get ready for predictions. And if you have your own predictions, you can send them to me, paranormalalmanac at gmail.com, and I will give you the credit. I will read your predictions, maybe, not guaranteed. I, I might read your predictions on this 2024 predictions episode, and give you the credit so that at the next, you know, end of the next year, we can find out where your prediction's right. I like that idea. I think that'll be cool. But let's let's focus on this edition. Because on this edition, let's continue where I left off the last episode. With more holiday ghost stories. But first, more weird holiday traditions, new and old? That's right. I like doing that. I liked it the last time. So for this one, let's go to Santo Tomas in Peru. Where on Christmas Day, after you open your gifts and, I assume, eat breakfast and do whatever family traditions you have, you have to get ready for Takanaquai. Wait, did I say it right? Crap. I, I've i already forgotten how to say it. So let me, let me, how do you pronounce this? Pronunciation. I want to make sure I get it right. Because it is cool. I want to tell you it properly. Takunakui. Ooh, Takunakui. I did not get that right. Takunakui. Takunakui. Boy, I did not get that right. Uh, Takunakui, which is a series of organized fistfights that takes place on Christmas Day in Peru. Takunakui means to strike, which is an indigenous language spoken in the Andes Mountains region of Peru. Now, it was started in Santo Tomas. Then it spread to other villages and cities. It's a festival of dancing. Sure, that seems great. Christmas, dancing, let's do that. And then kicking each other's asses to settle old conflicts. Yeah. Those fighting call out their opponents by their first and last name. Then they proceed to center, they proceed to the center of the circle, and they just start to fight. The men uh, fighting must wrap their hands with cloth before the fight. Biting, hitting or hitting those on the ground, or pulling hair is not allowed during the fight. Now, the winner is selected based upon a knockout or an intervention by the official. Yeah, there's actually officials. They're amateur officials who carry whips in order to keep the crowd under control. At the start and at the end of the fight, the opponents must shake hands or give each other a hug. So... If you have a family member you really want to punch, here's, here's the plan. You get a second job. You save up all year, and you buy them two tickets, one for them and one for you, to Peru for Christmas Day. You'd be like, hey, let's go on a vacation. They're going to think like, whoa, this is a great Christmas vacation until you call them out by name, and then you kick grandma's ass. Don't put nuts in the brownies, grandma, and just lay her out on the ground. That's a fun Christmas tradition. Uh, up next... Let's go to Japan for their weird-ass Christmas tradition that's relatively new. It's called KFC. Yeah, Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's right. The tradition started around 1974, but no clear reason that I can find why KFC became the go-to Christmas dinner. But each year, KFC Japan runs an advertising campaign from December 23rd to Christmas Day. Since 1985, it has sold special, quote, party barrels, which contains KFC original recipe fried chicken, all gratin, potatoes au gratin, I assume, and cake. It is said to have 
2 million customers last year from December 23rd through the 25th. So in two days, 2 million people ate at KFC. Now, those few days brought in about 6 billion yen or $41 million. And in 2022, some people ordered their boxes months in advance or stood in line for two hours to get their KFC. Yeah, back to back, it's not as weird as punching grandma in the face in Peru, but still, that's weird, huh? All right, next one. We're going to ramp up the weirdness again. Let's see. Where do I want to do maybe this one? Let's do this one. There we go. Next up is Iceland. It's a quick one. Oh, I hate that. That one's so short. That would have been perfect background music. Whatever. Don't need it. All right. Iceland celebrates the 13 days of Christmas, not the 12 days of Christmas. And each night before Christmas, Icelandic children are visited by 13 Yule lads. Now, after, after placing their shoes by the windows when they go to bed, and in the morning, they'll either get candy if they're good or shoes full of rotten potatoes if they're bad. Still not weird enough? Did I mention that the Yule Lads have names? Well, not names, but the Yule Lads have personalities. I guess they kind of have both. Here's all 13 Yule Lads. You ready? First up, we have Sheep Coat Clod. He tries to suckle on unsuspecting sheep in the sheds. Huh. Uh, up next is Gully Gawk. He steals foam from buckets of cow milk. Next up is Stubby. He's short and steals food from frying pans. Next up is Spoon Licker. This one's pretty obvious. He licks spoons. Up next is Pot Scraper or Pot Licker. He steals unwashed pots and licks them clean. Iceland, what the hell? But I'm not done yet. Up next is Bowl Licker. He steals bowls of food from under the bed. Because back in the old days, Icelanders used to sometimes store bowls of food there. Not the best place to store bowls of food. That's how you get bowl lickers, Iceland. Up next is Door Slammer. It's pretty obvious. He stops around and slams doors, keeping everyone awake. He's a dickhole. Up next is Skier Gobbler. He eats up all the Icelandic yogurt, Skier. Surprisingly, um, no porn shows up when you Google image search Skier Gobbler. I was kind of surprised by that. Next up, don't Google image search this one. Next up is Sausage Swiper. That's right, Sausage Swiper. He steals sausages. Next up is Window Peeper. He likes to creep outside windows and sometimes steals the stuff he sees inside. Yeah, I, I had a neighbor like that. He stole, like, uh, used underwear. It was weird. Uh, next up is Door Sniffer. He has a huge... All right, just here. Just I know that there's going to be questions to that. He didn't steal my used underwear. He stole used underwear from uh, ladies, uh, uh, neighbors, you know, like that. He, he's, he's a window peeper. He, he needs to be put on a list. This window peeper, he needs to be put on a list. Anyhow... Up next is Door Sniffer. He has a huge nose and an insatiable appetite for stolen baked goods. Next up is Meat Hook. He snatches up any meat left out, especially smoked lamb. Next up is Candle Beggar. He steals candles, which uh, apparently used to be really sought after in Iceland. Um, yeah, Iceland, you're fucked up at Christmas time. Also... How are these 13 Yule lads not... Why isn't there, like, some horrific, like, Saw-type movie about these 13 Yule lads? I'm going to email this to myself, this idea to myself, so you guys can't steal it. You you know, it's copywritten now. It's on this podcast. I came up with the idea for, like, a weird Saw kind of 13 Yule lads. Every night, one of these things comes out and does really creepy things, like suckle on unsuspecting sheep or, or panty sniffer, whatever the hell his name was. And then there's Stubby and Meat Hook. I'm telling you, Iceland, you guys are fucked up. All righty, up next, let's go to the Ukraine, where people hang pavuki, or basically spiders, made from materials such as straws, beads, wire. It's a tradition rooted in the belief that spiders will bring prosperity to those who participate in hanging them around their house. Like, there's a few theories as to how this folklore began, but here's the best one. A poor family who cannot afford Christmas gifts for their children, so the dad brings home a fir tree that has spiders that spiders have woven webs onto. Now the family is scared at first, but in the morning, 
The webs have turned to silver, bringing them good fortune. See, in Ukraine, spiders that you bring into your house on Christmas trees will bring you good fortune. In Australia, they'll like eat your face and kill you because everything in Australia wants to eat your face and kill you. So weird one. Uh, let's do one more quick one and then I'll maybe save the other ones for another episode um, because it's already 30 minutes in this episode. We go to my people's homeland, Norway. Norwegians believe that Christmas Eve coincides with the arrival of evil spirits and witches. So Norwegian people hide all their brooms and their mops before they go to sleep so the witches have nothing to ride on to cause havoc. And I got to say, Kurt here, it, it must work too because I couldn't find any news articles of witches causing, causing havoc on stolen mops on Christmas Day. Couldn't find a one. So, way to go, Norway. You guys you guys keeping up the uh, the weirdness. Not as much as Iceland, but you're keeping it weird. You have to add mops on there? Are, are witches riding around on mops? Or brooms, for that matter? All righty. Oh, wait, no, I, you know what? I apologize. There's one more thing I got to talk about, and it is from the Lauren Strawn. I told you about that. She posted it on the Facebook page, and I was like, oh, God, yeah, I got it. Or she, you know, commented me or mentioned me in this Facebook thing, and I was like, oh, God, yeah, I got to I gotta talk about this one. It's called, and again, I don't know if it's true. She said that, too. She's like, I don't know if this is true, but it's pretty fucked up. And I'm like, yeah, it really is. It's called Victorian Hallucinogenic Christmas Cards. Again, no idea if it's true, but a mold derived from uh, an ergo mold derived proto LSD known as sauce has been devised during the reign of Queen Victoria of Britain. And its usage can be noted not only in the hallucinogenic descriptions found in the works such as Alice in Wonderland and the multi-volume Oz series, but also in a number of artistic offerings like the Christmas cards that were sent back in the day. Remember last episode, I was talking about all the weird, fucked up Christmas cards that people used to send back in the day to kind of scare people? Well, this is saying there might be a reason why. It's called sauce. There you go. I don't know if any of it's true, but uh, creepy and funky, and I like everything about it. I hope it's true. I'm not even going to check it. I'm not even going to check it. I don't even, If you guys check it and you go, oh, Kurt, that one was debunked, I don't even want to know. Because that's, that's how much I want it to uh, to be true. All righty. On to the spooky. What's this? What's this? All righty. Let's go back to 1890. When on December 25th, 1890, a story appeared on the front page of a Victoria newspaper called The Daily Colonist. In part, it said, Just as the clock was striking midnight, ushering in the joyous Christmas day, a misdeed as dark, cowardly, and mysterious as ever, Disfigured, the history of this province was perpetuated. What was this dark, cowardly misdeed? So I was like, I got to find out more. And I'm not going to read it all from the Daily Columnist because, boy, they like to talk. And I wasn't exactly sure what the hell they were talking about. So I looked up this story and I figured it out. There's a lot of versions of this story. I'm 99.9% positive I found the correct information, though. It's a story about a guy named David Fee. He was aged either 21 or 28. Now, he was either he either left a costume party dressed as a clown on his way to meet his parents for evening mass at the nearby church. Kurt here, you're just going to go to mass dressed as a clown? Or he had just gotten out of mass with his parents and was going to a costume party dressed as a clown. All I know is it was a clown costume. He was either leaving or going to mass, but he was right there. And it's on Christmas Day, okay? Um, I guess it won't matter in a second if he was... It, none of that, what I just said, really matters in a second because basically here's the part that will matter. Um, this guy named David Fee, he was at the corner of the cathedral when a man named Clarence or Lawrence Phelan jumped out from the shadows, aimed a double-barrel shotgun point blank at against, almost against David's chest and screamed, you challenged me, then shot David, killing him if you couldn't guess. Boom, he's dead. Turns out the man had confused David for somebody else. Kurt here, or he just hated clowns that much. But David's ghost has been seen around the cathedral ever since. The cathedral, ever since. They, they see David's ghost. 
Here's my problem. In all, in everything I can find online, everything, people say, like to this day, you know, his ghost is seen around Christmas time around the cathedral. Nobody has said, is he dressed as a clown for all eternity? How is that not part of the story? That's the part that I want to know about. Because if he's dressed as a clown for all of eternity, because he wanted to go to some dumbass party, that's horrific. Think about that the next time you go to a costume party. You could be on some dumbass's podcast in the future talking about the ghost that's dressed as Barbie for all eternity. There's got to be something that allows you to change your clothes as a ghost. And if there's not, I don't understand why. Now, I get it if it's a residual haunting. Those I can understand. Yeah, you're just seeing, like, you know, played like played back on a tape like Memorex. So, of course, they're not changing the clothes. But you're telling me this poor guy who wasn't a clown probably didn't want anything to do with clowns, but was going to a costume party. He's like, yeah, I'll dress as a clown. It's 1890. There's not, like, cool costume shops or Halloween stores that are open year-round in Burbank. I'll, I'll dress as a clown. Bam! Double barrel shotgun to the chest. What the hell, Clarence or Lawrence? I'm not the idiot you thought I was. Now I'm a clown forever. Now I'm a clown for all eternity. Not cool, man. Not cool. Alrighty, for this next one, it's very proper for, for a Christmas episode. For this next one, we go to Bethlehem. But not that Bethlehem. We go to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. To Hotel Bethlehem. And this particular story, because this hotel has a ton, and I mean a ton of ghosts, but for this particular story, I'm going to focus on the Christmas ghost. That's right. If you go to Hotel Bethlehem, there's a good chance you're going to see a ghost. But if you go there around Christmas time, you might see the ghost of a young woman named Mary Yo. Yo! I don't know. It's Y-O-H-E. It could be Yohe for all I know. All I know is she was born in 1866, Mary or May as she went by. She made a name for herself as a young actress in the theater and performed on stage in Paris and throughout Europe. Then she renounces her American citizenship when she marries Lord Francis Hope. Yeah, of the Hope Diamond name. But Lord Francis Hope, eh, he kind of went bankrupt. He kind of blew all his money. So they divorce because she meets this American soldier who was known as, quote, the best-looking American soldier. He was like a famous American soldier, basically. His 15 minutes of fame was, are you an American soldier and are you hot? Boom. Get on, I don't know, 1860s. Get in the newspapers. Get on stage. So she marries, she dumps Hope. She marries this American soldier who, fun guy, he robs her of all of her money she earned as an actress and from that Hope Diamond dude. She has more troubles in life. She gets married, divorce, married, divorce. Um, so she tries to get back into the theater, that didn't really work. So she took a secretary job in Boston, where she died. Uh, but she said in the press that her years in Bethlehem were the best of her life. Which might explain why, during Christmas time, May's ghost is seen dressed in an elegant attire and either singing at the piano of the Bethlehem Hotel or pacing next to the Christmas tree. Now, some even claim to hear her singing one of her favorite, so favorite songs at Christmas time at the Bethlehem Hotel. So I guess if you're in or near Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, you should go to the hotel on Christmas Day and see if you can see May. Just keep looking around for a ghost pacing or singing, I don't know, or playing piano. All right, let's keep moving on to another hotel, uh, basically another hotel Christmas ghost. We go to the Crescent Hotel in Arkansas. It was built in 1886. It has a ton of ghost stories, but mostly because in 1937, radio personality and crackpot inventor Norman G. Baker, well, he bought the hotel, he bought the building, and he used it as a hospital because that was a big thing to do back in the day. He, quote-unquote, big air quotes, treated cancer patients despite not having any medical background and basically killed a bunch of people in the hotel. Psychics that have visited the hotel said there is, quote, a portal in the Crescent Hotel located on top of what used to be the morgue. People staying at the hotel since it turned back into a hotel have reported a ton of ghosts that look like sickly patients. They've also spotted a cat named Morris, 
But I'm going to focus on the Christmas ghost because one year during Christmas time, visitors came to view the hotel's Christmas tree only to find the Christmas tree and all its packages were mysteriously moved to the other side of the room. Now, the guests staying there that night said they saw a ton of ghosts walking throughout the hotel, the rooms, the halls, the dining rooms, everywhere. And the next morning, the hotel staff was like, all right, we got to move this shit back to where it's supposed to be. So they open up that room and they find that everything was back exactly where it was supposed to be. So I guess harmless ghost prank, but um, it doesn't say if they see ghosts more at Christmas time or at not, but it sounds to me like if you just go to this hotel, the Crescent Hotel in Arkansas, um, you're going to see ghosts and they're probably going to be sick, you know, patient ghosts, the, the worst kind of ghosts, basically. Or you might see a cat named Morris ghost. That's kind of cool. All right, let's go to a castle for the next two. The first one to the Grand Penkert Castle in Lothian, Lothian, Scotland. So this castle, there's one famous story of this castle. It's of a beggar. His name was Alexander Hamilton. I don't think, I'm Kurt here. I'm going to say it's not Alexander Hamilton from the Hamilton play musical, Lin-Manuel Miranda. That, it's not that Alexander Hamilton. The timing doesn't seem right. Just another dude, a beggar named Alexander Hamilton, who hasn't had Lin-Manuel write a musical about him yet. Well, one night in the 17th century, he knocked on the door of the house, seeking that house, the Penkert Castle, seeking food and shelter. They said F off or whatever the 17th century Scottish equivalent of F off is. So Alexander cursed the family. A few days later, the lady of the house and her daughter died of a mysterious illness. Score two for Alexander. Well, word got out. That, yeah, he cursed, this guy came to the, this guy just came to the door looking for, like, food and shelter. And we told him, fuck off. And then he, like, next, after a couple of days, the lady of the house and her daughter died of an illness. And I know it's the 17th century. People die of illnesses all the time, but it's probably him. So, he was tried as a witch, tortured, and executed in Edinburgh. His ghost is still said to haunt the castle. Oh, so I guess he got to come in after all. Because it sounds like it doesn't sound like his ghost is outside the castle. So, you know what? Alexander wins. Score three for Alexander. Uh, but cut to Christmas night in 1923. I got to tie this into Christmas. Family and friends were gathered in the music room of the Penkert Castle, and they were singing carols when they all saw a carved wooden family crest. They said it started to creak, then it slowly leaned forward away from the wall, where it paused and then returned back to its former position. Yeah. That's the only ghost at Christmas time I could find for this one, but it counted, so I want to throw it up there. Plus, you know, I get to say Alexander Hamilton like 10 times. Alrighty, up next, let's move, uh, let's keep moving to Poland for this next one, to Krakow, Poland. We go to the Wawel Castle, which for centuries served as the home of each of Poland's kings. And it's also said... It has prehistoric ghosts. That's kind of cool. Uh, well, ghost legends, really, because in a second, we're going to go way back. You see, underneath the castle and all along the hill, there are a large series of caves that exist in Wawel Hill. And legend says that in the 11th century, King Casimir was a boy uh, he started to explore the caves as a boy, and he discovered a tunnel with a large stone emitting a glowing light. And from this light, wait, this seems kind of Christmassy. Um, he sees. What's this? What's this? All right, he sees a glowing light, and from this light, a magical protective energy is said to have emitted throughout Krakow. To this day, legends claim that the ghosts of all of Poland's past kings meet every Christmas Eve in that very tunnel to confer upon the fate of Krakow. All right, stop. All right. Now keep going. I don't care. So, Kurt here, why isn't someone just gone to the caves on Christmas Eve to see all the cool king ghosts around this magical glowing light stone thingy? No idea. It doesn't seem to be a thing that anybody's thought of because I went, I'm like, surely, surely there's going to be some, like, YouTube guy, some TikTok guy. I don't know, Facebook guy, somebody that's going to be like, you know, today let's go and look in the Wawel Hill caves 
and let's find the, it's Christmas Eve, let's find all of the, the kings. Nope, not a one. Not one effing person has done this from what I can find. And uh, that's just leaving money on the table right there. I guarantee you, you're going to be like a TikTok hit, hit or, you know, like you'll be like, you're going to be a social media expert is what I'm saying. Like kids are going to love you. Everybody's going to be talking about, did you see that guy that he went into the caves in Poland on Christmas Eve and there's a whole bunch of king ghosts standing around a glowing stone? That was awesome. And then I would talk about it on Paranormal News. But no, no one's doing that. So again, I guess if you're listening, I have, I have fans in Poland. I see you guys popping up here and there. All right. Paramaniacs. Go to Poland. Go in. Look, here's the deal. If you can go into Wawel Caves on Christmas Eve, prove to me that it's Christmas Eve. Even if you don't see any ghosts, I will make you a special. I was in the... Krakow Caves, and all I got was this crappy shirt from Kurt. Does that sound like a good deal? And I'll send it to you. Sound like a good deal? All right. I mean, I think it's cool. All right, this next one. I got to be very careful. I'm clearing my throat because I have to enunciate very clearly for this next one. It's called the Norfolk Bolt Hole, which, Kurt here, is very different from the Norfolk Bolt Hole. Um, the Norfolk Bolt Hole was once described as the most comfortable house in England. How and why? No idea. But at Christmas time, every year at the Norfolk Bolt Hole, ghosts are seen. Now, it starts on Christmas Eve, and it lasts for a few weeks. It has all the normal paranormal stuff. It's got voices. It's got, uh, hold on, what can we do? It's got uh, voices. It's got shadows. It's got lights turning on and off. It's got stuff moving. It's got noises. Even got poltergeist activity uh, reported in the servants' area of the house. This place, this bolt hole has everything. If you're a fan of bolt holes, this is the perfect bolt hole for you. There was also said to be heavy breathing heard from the empty rooms in servants' quarters and Christmas cards moving to other locations on their own. Then... At one point, servants were refusing to enter certain rooms alone when they found a sinister phantom sack that breathed. It was said to have been found by one of the footmen in the bolt hole. You never want to breathe on a sack in or near your bolt hole, everyone. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to find out more information about the phantom breathing sack in the bolt hole. But um, I don't know. That's that's a Google history search that, you know, like if I die and then someone like, oh, Kurt's dead. Let's look through his Google history. Why did he look up phantom breathing sack bolt hole? You know, there's some things that I'm already a disappointment to my family is what I'm saying. All righty. Um, <clears throat> up next is another castle that I was going to throw in with the other two. But I thought, you know, what? let's separate the castles a little bit. You know, let's have... Let's have a little space between castles. Um, we'll go to Branber Castle in West Sussex in the early 13th century. That's when William IV, the Lord of Branber, well, he fell out with King John, which, I don't know if you know this, falling out with a king never ends well because, you know, kings are dicks. Yeah, I, I said it. Come at me, Charlie. Uh, well, King John didn't like that William fell out with him, So King John pursued William across England, Ireland, and Wales, seizing his land and capturing his family. Now, I can't prove this next part, but the family might have been starved to death in Windsor Castle. And again, I wouldn't be surprised by it. So let's just say that, where the king then starved his family to death in Windsor Castle. So, the ghosts of the children are said to roam the roads of the village of Bramber on dark nights, dressed in rags and chasing and accosting passerby for food. And at Christmas time, the ghost of the children, a boy and a girl, can also be seen watching over the ruins of their former home, Bramber Castle, while they cry. That's, you know, that's it. That's the whole thing. But again, if you're near Bramber Castle and you want to watch some two, two kid ghosts, which are obviously the worst ghosts ever, 
If you want to watch two kid ghosts crying over nothing, go there. There's there's your where you, that's where you go. Okay, up next the last one for this edition. We head on over to Cambridge to the Tudor Mattingly Hall. It was once owned by the Hind family, H-Y-N-D, the Hind family. It's now a conference center, but it was once the center of a vast estate owned by the Hind family, like I just said. That's where Sir Francis Hind, who was a member of the parliament during uh, Queen Elizabeth I's reign, well, he wanted to expand his home, so he did what any douchebag would do. He went to the nearby village and went, all right, so we need some building material. We don't have a Home Depot yet. Uh, we need some building material. Let's knock down the church. So, yeah, he knocks down the church in the nearby village for building material, and then he expanded his home, his hall. Well, here's where things get legendy. It said his mother, who had been dead already for 40 years by the time he knocked down the church, it said that she was so mad at him for knocking down that church and building his hall, expanding his hall, that she still haunts the hall to this day. And every Christmas, or I'm sorry, every Christmas Eve, the ghost of Lady Ursula, his dead mom, pissed off ghost, um, is said to walk between the hall and the church remains. That's right, she doesn't just stay in the hall. She goes from the hall, walks over to where the church was, back to the hall. I looked it up. She's going to be crossing like major freeway or motorway or whatever the hell you call them over there. But why is it her? Why couldn't it just be a pissed off spirit? There is nothing that I could find anywhere that says anyone has ever recognized her ghost and said like, hey, Francis, isn't that your dead mom? Why is she wandering around on Christmas Eve? Like, what's that about? It, there's nothing I can find. So as far as I'm concerned, it has a very cool, this this hall, this two-door Mattingly Hall in Cambridge, has a cool-ass ghost woman that is seen wandering from the hall well over to the church remains and then back, sure. But I don't think it necessarily has to be his mom. I think that's just, you know, people are adding to the story for no fucking reason. Um, all righty, well, that about does it for part two. Now, I'm sure you're asking whoever you're listening to this with right now. I'm, I'm assuming your entire family are sitting around Christmas dinner waiting to cut into the Christmas goose. But you have to wait because, you know, like, well, we can't do it until we listen to Kurt. So I'm sure you're going, Kurt, will there be a part three? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, there's I got enough stories. Maybe maybe the next episode will be part three. You're going to have to wait and see. Go enjoy your dinner. You're going to have to wait and see is what I'm saying. But um, once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig. And this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Here